And the Lord said to me, he reminded me of a crusade that we did once with Pastor Rodney in Singapore in the National Soccer Stadium. There were about 38,000 people in attendance. It, it was packed, people hungry. We had 7,000 people come in the altar call alone that night to give their hearts to the Lord. I mean, it was, it was phenomenal. The, and then at the end of the service, Pastor Rodney laid hands. He called forth the leaders of the churches there. There were about 300 pastors and leaders. And he laid hands on all the leaders. And then he sent the leaders, and they lined up 38,000 people on the soccer field. And the leaders laid hands on the people in attendance. I mean, it was a, it was a massive thing that very few people get to, to be a part of. And it was such a joy and such a privilege to see this massive massive flow and the move of God. And the Lord just riding in the car on my way home from school that night, the Lord showed me like a little snapshot of that. You know, he kind of reminded me, he said, do you remember Singapore? And I said, oh Lord, do I remember, man, that was awesome, man. That was so, it was so amazing, God, that you let us be a part of them. And so many people got saved and you know, all that. And then the Lord said, you know, you thought that was amazing. You thought that was awesome. You thought that was successful. I said, oh, yes, Lord, it was. He said, you know, I thought what you did tonight around the piano with those six was pretty successful. I thought it was pretty amazing. And then he began to speak to me. And he said, Becky, only men measure success in numbers. The kingdom of God does not measure success by numbers. Don't you limit me. By saying, calling something a success based on numbers. Because what I thought you did tonight, when you put into the heart of those six, what I've called you to do and what I've given you to do, that was successful to me. Don't you ever limit me by saying it has to be this number or this number to be successful. Man, I'll tell you, church, that was a great battle that was won for me that night. Because in my head, you know, I was thinking, oh, Lord, you know, when are we going to grow? And when are we going to do this? And I think in my head when we started the school, I was thinking, Lord, I mean, you know, we're going to have 100 kids here. And then we're going to have 200 kids here. Then we're going to be like ORU and we're going to have thousands of kids here. And you know what, church? It hadn't been that way as of yet. We've just been, you know, 30, 40. But you know, of those 30 or 40 every year that come through, Many of them go out to touch the nations through praise and worship. That's a success. That is success. And I say to you, Pastor, maybe, you know, the numbers may not be what you would like for them to be. Maybe as you look out on a Sunday morning and you just see, but listen, that congregation at New Hope International is larger than just those that sit in those seats. If you could have a satellite uplink to everybody that this ministry has touched in Bangkok, in Japan, in the U.S., in Las Vegas, in Phoenix, if you could have a satellite uplink, I'm telling you one thing, this ministry is very large and very very successful. Amen. Amen. You cannot, those of us that are part of this movement and those of us like in Austin, Texas, we cannot measure our, our, our success like the world measures success. So you see, Austin has the same corporate structure you have. We have Dell, we have Motorola. And yeah, people look around and they say, well, you know, they're a successful corporation. But I'm telling you one thing, church, the kingdom of God is different than the world. 
In fact, the Bible says to go higher, you must go lower. The Bible says instead of having, you got to give. There are so many things that are diametrically opposed to the kingdom. We cannot compare the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world because it's different. And your success in this church and in this movement is not measured by the number of people that you see in that church on Sunday morning. You've got to see the bigger picture. You've got to see the lives. You've got to see those people in Bangkok, Thailand on Sunday morning. They're meeting around in those places of worship as God grows that work. Listen, this is a very, very, very successful ministry. Amen. Amen. And I believe, you know, that's why we're so linked up. This was a battle for Joe and I. This was a battle for us because, you know, you you tend to want to look around at the other churches in your location. And you want to see what they're doing. And you think, well, well, if we do this or if we do that or, you know, maybe we ought to have coffee. And I I don't know. You know, you try to think of all the things that it seems like people are coming for. You think, well, I got to do that. I'm telling you one thing. You hear me. I speak by the Holy Ghost. The local church will grow. It will grow. It will grow. Our church will, the numbers will come up. We're just not going to grow like the average church in the average city in America. God builds a very strong. We're not doing it by games. We're not doing it by programs, but by the Spirit of God. And He tells us it's not by power nor by might, He says, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. That is the way the kingdom grows. Not by power and not by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So this was a battle that Joe and I had to cross because, you know, we wanted to look around and we tried to be this church and we tried to be that church and it wasn't us. It wasn't us. And the Lord said, you don't, don't do what everybody else does. You do what, you do what I've told you to do. And he said to us, he said, you know what? I didn't call you to build the church anyway. He said, I called you to build the kingdom. He said in his word, I will build my church. That's what the Lord says. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God didn't call you to build the church in Seattle. God called you to build the kingdom. And that's worldwide. The kingdom is worldwide. The kingdom is bigger than that little building down in Seattle on Mercer Island. It's much bigger than that. And this church has been faithful to build the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you, that's success in the eyes of God. Don't get your eyes on the little, you know, okay, well, we're not growing. Listen, I, I only say this. I speak it out of my heart because we've gone through these same fights. In our own heart, what do we do? You know, are we not doing what, you know, we just over and over. But I'm going to tell you what, we'll all face battles. We'll all face battles. I'm going to show you this right quick. <coughs> In Second Chronicles, because one day I was preparing for the prayer directive, and I think we had some battles going on, at least one or two. <coughs> How many of you know most of the battles are in your mind? That's the first place they'll start. Because what happens is you shut the heart off and you start listening to your head. You know what I have to do sometimes? I just have to cut my head off. Literally. Not literally. Figuratively. And just tell my head, shut up. 
shut up. Because God didn't make us to be driven by the mind. We are spirit beings after our Father God who is a spirit. And we worship Him in spirit and truth. And we'll get our marching orders by the spirit. And we'll get our direction by the spirit. I'm telling you, because we're spirit beings, that's the way God is going to speak to us. And that's the way God's going to minister to us. And that's the way God is going to minister through us is by his spirit. So sometimes, you know, the battle starts here. You know, we start trying to. And those of us that are at admin, uh, listen, I, I, I want you to know, Ty, you guys have done an amazing job with this camp. Amen. I'm telling you. we've been to hundreds of camps and there's none that are more organized and more prepared and it it, right kids I mean it's just awesome God has but sometimes with administration and I'm administration in the in the in the church because we see all the bits of the puzzle that come together and we want to be good stewards of that. But those of us that are admin, boy, sometimes we just, we really have to fight the battle here because we don't want to be driven strictly by the mind. We want to always keep that heart open unto the Lord. So I'll say to you this morning, one of the first battles you face is the battle in your mind. And the Lord began to deal with me because I began to try to figure it out in my natural self. The Lord said, I'm not going to speak to you that way in your natural ability. I am going to move and minister through you by the Spirit. And you will catch my my plans by the Spirit of God. So with that in mind, I want you to look at this. This And we can do this very quickly if you have your notes there. This is a very powerful passage here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 5. If I could just get some water really quick. It's drier here. Drier. We've all been in circumstances that are larger than, than us. Thank you, sir. Okay, all right. And we find uh, here in Second Chronicles, King Jehoshaphat was facing some battles, facing a major battle here in Second Chronicles. Let's pick it up in Second uh, uh, Chronicles 20, verse 5. I have the scriptures listed here for you in the New Living Translation. So it's quite, quite interesting here. Uh, verse 5 says, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. And he prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Now in the first four verses there, the boys, the people have come, his people have come to him and told him that, that they have, there has been an uprising in the land and they're fixing the army. The army is going to come and, and, you know, have their way with them. That's basically what the first four verses are. And we find Jehoshaphat running immediately to the Lord. He stood by the, before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard, and he prayed. Now, I want to encourage you, when you're facing a battle, the first thing you must do is run to the Lord. 
Many times we kind of want to run away from God because we don't even really know if we want to hear what he has to say. And we kind of think we have it in our minds how it's going to be. And so many times we'll go, well, Lord, thank you. I know that's your plan. But listen, let me, let me show you, Lord, this is going to work great. I know it's going to work great. But, but we find Jehoshaphat here running to the Lord. And I want to encourage you, when you're facing a battle, when you're facing a situation that seems larger than you, the first place you need to go is to the Lord. I know there are even some unanswered questions for some of you this morning. Maybe it's about a career change, or maybe it's about a job situation, or, or, or maybe it's about a relationship. There are some unanswered questions. If you're here this morning under the sound of my voice, and you need some answers to some things, would you raise your hand and let me just see? You're, you're, you're believing God for some things, and you need some answers. Okay, I'm going to tell you what. You, the first place you got to go is you got to run to Him. Okay, you got to run to him. Don't, you know, I know friends are good and I know your mama's good, but you can't, can't run to your mama and you can't run to friends. You're going to have to run to the Lord, run to the Lord. We find King Jehoshaphat here. The first thing he did, uh, I mean, he got word that the armies of the vast people were coming to do war with Israel. And the Bible says the first thing he did, he sought the Lord for guidance. And I'm going to encourage you this morning. The first thing you do is run to the Lord, run to the Lord. Run to the Lord. Number two, the second thing, we have to acknowledge his power. Now, it's one thing to run to God, but the second thing you got to do is acknowledge his power and ability to save. In other words, he alone is able. Look at verse 7 there. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. And they said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. And we can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Now see... What the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for you to help. Now what they began to do was acknowledge God. Now listen to me, church. Listen, this is so key because the third person of the Godhead. Uh, when I was a, when I was raised a, a, a good Baptist girl, I knew about God the God the Father. Man, I was taught God the Father. He's my heavenly Father, and I, I had I had no problem accepting that. And I was raised, you know, to know Jesus. Uh, uh, that he was my brother and that he, big brother, and that he had say, went to the cross and, and died for me on the cross. And, and I, I understood the, pr- the principle of God uh, it being Jesus. But the, the God in the earth, the Holy Spirit, as a good Baptist girl, I didn't, they didn't talk too much about that. And I didn't understand. I'm giving you a key this morning because here's the way you acknowledge God. The way you acknowledge God is you acknowledge his presence with you. You acknowledge the Holy Spirit as your guide, 
You acknowledge him as your comforter. You don't have to come to the church when you need him. I mean, now it says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but I'm talking about in the daily, day-to-day stuff. You don't have to get on the phone and say, oh, pray for me. All you got to do is acknowledge God. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he is our comforter, that he is with us, that he guides us, that he leads us. And, And what I have to do is just right where I am, I have to stop and say, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you today. You are my life. You are my breath. You are my everything. Lead me. Guide me. Direct me. I don't know which way to go. I don't know. Lead me, Holy Spirit. And they began to acknowledge God. They reminded themselves of some of the past victories that God did for them. Sometimes you got to remind yourself of some of the things God's brought you through. Some of the battles that you came through. Remember, I don't know if you could even think back to last year. uh, Some of those battles that seemed so large last year. Done with. Over. And God did great things. So you kind of have to rehearse what God has done for you. Rehearse the victories. Rehearse those things. Sometimes the enemy will come and try to, try to get you to rehearse the failures. That's not, that's not God. I'm telling you right now, that ain't God. So acknowledge the Holy Spirit and remind yourself of His moving in your life and the times that God spoke to you and the times that God blessed you and the times that God poured out His Spirit upon you, the times that you sensed His presence. And you begin to acknowledge Him. Don't, you know, and that He alone is able Listen, he alone, there is no other one. He alone is able. Amen? Touch your neighbor and say, God is able. My, my, my flesh is not always able. My brain is not always able. But God is able. He is able to do above and beyond all we could dare ask or think. So number two, they had to acknowledge his power and his ability to save. Number three, they had to come into unity. Look at verse 13 and 14. As all of the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. In other words, his great-grandpa, his great-grandpa, he, 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 he had a long lineage of worship. He had a long lineage, lineage, and they came into agreement. I'll tell you, this, the power of agreement is an amazing thing. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, but two could put ten thousand to flight. What could a couple of hundred here this morning? What could be done? What could be done? The power of agreement coming into unity. Psalms tell us that where the, where the unity of the Lord is, there the Lord commands the blessing. That's why, we're, that's why we find it important on Wednesday nights us speaking the same thing. Because there's a power in agreement. There's a power in unity. In unity. Listen, if somebody comes to you and they're speaking something that's not, you know, what everybody else is speaking, don't even go there. Don't even waste your energy to be listening to that. If they're speaking what we're all speaking, they're speaking the vision of the house, they're speaking the vision of the ministry here. You know what? You want to get in agreement with us because there's safety there. And there's a commanded blessing there. Don't be listening to people that are speaking other than that because I'm telling you, that'll get get you in trouble. But we find here they came into agreement. And when they came into agreement, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. That's what we want. If we're going to fight battles... We, we're going to have to have the Spirit of the Lord. 
And, and he came upon this worshiper. He came upon this worshiper, Jehaziel. And he began to speak the word, number four. You're going to have to hide the word of God. Hide it in your heart. He, listen, he spoke the word. He said here in verse 15, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You better underline that. The battle is not yours, but God's. What you're facing right now is not yours. It's God's. That land that we want to take possession of, it is not our battle to fight. It is God's battle. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. So what we have to do is we got to get what did God say? That's all you got to really figure out. I was talking to Amy and Brandon, uh, this couple that travel, traveling with us. They've just been married about, what, a week and a half or two weeks, maybe two weeks. And they've got some decisions to make when they get back dis, dis, uh, regarding where they've been serving. And I said to them, you know what? Don't go after it with your natural mind. What did God say? And that's what we say. Whatever God says, that's what we say. Whatever God says, Pastor Lau, that's what we say. Listen, that's important. Now, he begins to remind the people, this is what the Lord says. I want to encourage those of you that are in battles today, or if you're facing some odds that seem bigger than you, you need to get you two or three or four scriptures pertaining to maybe you need wisdom in a relationship, or you need wisdom for a job or a career change. You need to get you about three or four scriptures. I'm not talking about reading chapters of the Bible every day. I'm talking about getting you two or three or four scriptures that pertain to you in that area and that battle that you're facing and you begin to speak what the Lord says. Don't speak anything else but that. Speak what God says. And he begins to encourage the people here and he says, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and don't be discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Listen, listen to me. Listen, that's all they needed. That's all they needed. They didn't need a sword. They didn't need a spear. They didn't need any natural thing. Once they got the word of the Lord from that anointed worshiper and he said, the Lord is with you. The battle is yours. That's all they needed. Done. Done. And once you get the word of the Lord in your mouth and once you find what God is saying and you begin to speak that thing, I'm telling you, God is going to come and he's going to say, this is the way, walk in it. That's what he's going to say. This is the way, walk in it. He's going to show you. He's going to reveal to you. So you got to get the word of the Lord said. What the Lord said. What did God say? What did God say over this situation you're facing? What did God say over that spouse? What did God say over that marriage? What did God say over those kids? He said, train up a child in in the way he goes. And when he's old, he'll not depart. If you're facing trouble with kids, grab that scripture and speak that every day over your life. You find a scripture in the word of God that pertains to your situation and you just stand on it till you see it come to pass. 
Hide the word of God. Hide it in your heart. Number five, I'm hurrying quickly here. Now here's what you got to do. Once you get the word, our place after we get the word is to worship God. That's easy. That's easy. That's the easy part. Watch here in verse 18. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Now listen, they praised before they saw the end result. Now many people, they want to praise after they see God come through for them. But that's not the instruction here in this passage. They got the word of the Lord. They received the word of the Lord. And now their place is just to worship God and thank him for the victory that is on the way. And you must do that. You cannot wait till you see the victory come to pass. You got to praise him before you see it. You got to praise him just out of a faith, out of a knowing that this is the word of the Lord and I'm standing on it. Amen. So we find here, he began to praise the Lord and the people with him, all of that unified bunch, all of that unified bunch began to praise the Lord. It says early the next morning, the army of Judah went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you'll be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. You know what? I thank God for mighty men and women of God. I thank God that in, the, in, in, in light of all that goes on in this world today, that Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, they get up and speak the Word of God. They don't speak what they see with their natural eyes, but they speak what they know. Thank God for anointed. And listen, church, we can trust them. We can trust them. We can trust the word of the Lord in them. Sunday after Sunday, they deliver the message. Uh, you know, and, and we can trust them. Thank God for anointed prophets. And we see here, he said, trust the prophets. They know what they were talking about. The battle is ours. He says, after consulting the people, uh, verse 21, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness love endures forever. Listen, the song of the Lord. Get that song. Get that music playing in your house. Get that worship going in your house or in your car, on your iPod or in your cubicle. Man, just get the worship going because that's the thing that's going to sustain you. That's the thing. Till you see that battle won, you're going to just be sustained by the word of God and by worship. By worship. Number six, I'm hurrying on here. Number six, rejoice in God's ability. God's ability. Look at verses 22. It says, at the very moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord calls the armies, the Lord calls the armies, the Lord calls the armies, not, not 
not the merry band of musicians, not the merry band of, of fighters on Israel's side. No, it says the Lord calls the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. And the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived... At the lookout point, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. And King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. Listen, listen. I'm telling you, when you know that the battle is the Lord's, all you got to do is stand and see the salvation of the Lord. Because just when you arrive at that place, I'm telling you, the victory is won. And then you know what you do? You just go in and take the plunder. You just go in and take the plunder. You go in and take, conquer, take ground, take that place that God's designed for you. Take hold of what was there. Listen, it is so important that we do these things to see the battle of the Lord. Let me, let me go on here. Je- King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment. Listen, I'm telling you, when the Lord does it, you'll have everything you need. When, when the Lord fights your battle, you'll have everything you need. Don't think, well, if God does it, you know, I'll be lacking. That's not true. When God fights your battle, there'll be, there'll be more than enough. You'll have everything you need. It says they went in and they found the equipment and the clothing and valuables more than they could carry. There was so much plunder, it took them three days to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Is that powerful? Man, listen, I want God fighting my battles every day. Every day, because you know what? I, I, I want to live in, the, in that place of blessing. I want to live in that place of blessing. The Bible says here they had more than enough. It was more than they could carry. It took them three days to take the plunder. Listen, you're not going to be shortchanged when God fights your battle. You're not just going to limp in on the finish line on God. You know, we just barely made it. Listen, there's going to be more than you need. More than you need. Rejoice in God's ability. Rejoice in God's ability. And number seven, give testimony to God's faithfulness. Listen, it's like Pastor Joe said last night. There's a purpose that, you, that we win the race. There's a purple, purpose that we win the battle. There's a purpose that we come together and that we are freed from, uh, from things in our life because we want to set free. We want to see others set free. And, and there's a purpose in God's blessing in our lives because it's a witness and a testimony. Verse 27 says, Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat, leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. And they marched in Jerusalem to the music of harps and lyres and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. And when all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, then the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest. On every side. Listen, your battle, the the fact that God fights your battle for you, it's going to be a testimony. It's going to be a testimony to your family. It's going to be a testimony to those that you work with. They're going to say, you know what, how did they do that? They're going to look at us and they go, how did they get those 26 acres? How did they do that? How did they do that? 
How are they going to do that? How is this church going to do all that God's called it to do? How are they going to do it? How are we going to have property in Bangkok? How are we going to be able to do it? How are we going to have a church in Las Vegas? I mean, you know, but I'll tell you what. When God does it, he does it just right. And you'll have more than enough. You'll have more than what you need. And those will stand around you and they'll be amazed. And they say, how did they do that? And all we say is, our God is an awesome God. It is He who has done this great thing. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. I just encourage you today. I encourage you today. Whatever you're facing. I know we face battles corporately as the church, but we face personal battles. Those of you, I just want to pray with you this morning before we close that whatever you're facing in your life, listen, these are some very simple things. These are some very simple things that you can do. Acknowledge the Lord. Acknowledge His presence. Get the Word of God in your mouth. What does the Lord say? I promise you, in the Word of God, there is Scripture for whatever you're facing. Get two or three or four of them. Begin to speak those things. And then worship the Lord. Don't wait till you see the victory. Go ahead and just worship God and thank Him for the Word. Thank Him that you're going to see the victory. And then you just watch and see the Lord do what he does so well, and there'll be more than enough. There'll be the answer that you need. There'll be people to help you do what you do. There'll be situations that turn around, and the people will stand around and say, how did that happen? And you say, it was God. It was God who did this thing. God will get the glory. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. Father, I thank you for these precious people. Lord, I know they are awesome. They, they love you and they know you. But Lord, many of us face challenges that, that even when we get back home, we, we've got to have some answers for. And Father, today, may they know the battle is not ours. The battle is not theirs. The battle is the Lord's. May we stand and see your salvation today in our lives. May we stay, may we know that as you It is you. It is your word. And as we get the word of God in our hearts and we stand on the word of God, and as we worship you, not for what we see, but, Lord, we worship you for what we know, that you are the great God and that you have plans beyond our plans. You have dreams beyond our dreams. They're so big, God, what you want to do among your people. Lord, we don't want to limit you by our finite thinking. But God, we say, not my will, not my battle, Lord, but your battle. Your battle. Do it, God. And may we rejoice in you that many people would know it wasn't by our natural ability. It was by your hand. I pray over this group of people today, even today, even right now, Lord, as you're speaking to them, as you speak the word of God to them, those things they face even this morning, Lord, bring a word to them. Bring a, bring a, a scripture to their mind. Bring a scripture to their heart. Lord, let them stand on the word of God. Let them hide the word of God in their heart. Lord, let them rejoice in you today. Let the worship be in them today, even before they see the victory. Let the worship of God be in their hearts and in their lives, Lord, and that the testimony of you would go forth, that you might get the glory. We thank you for it 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Before we uh, hear a presentation that will be presented by some of our folks here in uh, Seattle, I'd like to just say a few things. One is, you remember that part in the Bible where it says, that he who has an ear, let him listen to what the Spirit is saying? I believe that the Spirit is in operation in this place. I believe that. And I think that really, if we are really people who really want to follow the leading of the Spirit of God in our lives, we will yield to what is being spoken to us. I'm not saying that just because these are the, 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 the crews and the, the team are with us. I'm saying that to us because I know that we all want the best thing from God. And I believe that if we're going to get the best thing from God, we must hear what he is saying to us and move in obedience to what he is saying to us. I was going to do a, was going to do a recap. That's my recap. <laughs> I, I tell you, we can, write, we can write down a thousand notes in that book, but if we don't, if we don't follow what is being spoken to us, it's not going to work to be anything anyway. So I, I believe that we need to, if we are drifting, drift back. <laughs> and l- let's hear what the Lord is saying. Let, let's, be, let's respond to what the Lord is saying in our lives. In fact, I want to just share one thing with you. I have a tendency, and I know my tendency is that when I think of something and I think of it as being a good idea, I have a tendency to want to push that idea forward. But one thing that I do do it is that that always will bring my idea to my pastor. And sometimes he and I are going to disagree about it. But because we disagree, it means that it doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to work together and continue to do what the Lord would have us to do. And because I know that God has, what role God has given him, I lead way. I give way. And I say, if that be it, that be it. I'm going to follow. Some of you probably thought I was doing like the <laughs> dancing like this. Like that. <laughs> Oh, praise the Lord. I'm serious, though. We, 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 we be, should be very attentive to what's going on in this place because God is really speaking to us and speaking to us about being intimate with him, speaking to us about really hearing from him so that we can take his marching orders. This is not about Ryan and his team getting up here, putting on a show. It's about people who love Jesus, people who love the Spirit of God, people who want to yield to the Spirit of God. And I believe that we are those people. 
And I believe that we are, the Bible says we are this peculiar type people. The people who are willing to follow God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. Who are willing to run after the Spirit of God. Who are willing to allow the Spirit of God to stir within us to see a big thing. A big thing to happen. I'm not talking about the same thing that we see in this world. I'm talking about a God-driven type thing. A thing that is given to us from God. Who would empower us to do it and to see it accomplished. I believe there are great things ahead of us. I believe God has supernatural things ahead of us. But we must hook up with his spirit. And <laughs> oh, I can talk myself happy. I think that's the, that's the part about when we begin to hear God's word, when we have God's word inside of us, we start to say what God says. And when we say what God says, we know that we are not here, but we are here. The Bible calls it the tail part, but we are the head. We are not the tail. We are the head. And if God said it, we can do it. That's what Paul was saying. He was not saying that I can do all things in his strength. He was saying I can do all things in the power of God. Can I preach a little bit this morning? We're not in a hurry, I don't think. One brother caught, one brother caught me outside this morning. He said, you're going to say a few things? I said, no, I'm leading way. But I lied to him, I believe. Oh, I love to be able to have pastor and be able to take the microphone. When you see me outside, I may be as I might be quite bashful, but when I come to come to talking about the things of God, I'm not bashful. I I know we have lunch, and I know we have all of those other things. In fact, I wish you would have. I wish you would have kept on going. Not that I'm trying to be insensitive, but I, I believe that God speaks things to us, and we need to be attentive to Him. We want to get the best from God. That's all. Hallelujah! <laughs> and this morning, when I was worshiping, the Lord reminded me. He said. You know, all these people, people from SU, people from everywhere, they're all sitting here, all of you, Pirate, Brenda, Sam and Terry from Las Vegas, Pastor Mary May, Pastor Noom, Pastor John Paul, all these people, uh, uh, all of you, I cannot mention all the names, all this. The Lord told me, I brought them to you to be, help you build a church. Without me helping you, this all, you are the manifestation of the grace of God. You are the manifestation of the grace of God in my life. Amen. This church cannot be a church without you. And God reminded me that it's not me. It's not about my ability. It's not about what I'm doing. But it's about Him 
who brought you here to do something together for this generation. We are doing something together in this generation, in these churches. Amen. Amen. So you're not here by accident. You're not in this church by accident. The Lord has brought you into this family to do something together. And I believe that this is just the beginning. Can you imagine last night when I listened to the sermon about 40 years? Moses was in the desert for 40 years. Get preparation for God. And this is only 20 years for me. God, you, I want to tell you the truth. When I started this church, I, didn't know, I knew nothing. I did not know how to preach in English. I did not know how to lead the church in America. I didn't even know how to sing in English. I didn't even know how to preach in English. I did not know. I did not grow up in the Sunday school. I did not grow up in the Pentecostal church. I knew nothing. So in the past 20 years, it's my wilderness time. And God let me, little by little, to prepare something greater. Something greater going to happen. Amen. Amen. And praise God. In 1987, I turned aside in the camp. I think the camp in here, in Bomb Beach. God told me, go to um, Portland. There you're going to meet me at the burning bush for you. And I did. I went, I went with Pastor Dan, my mom. And I met Pastor Joe Cruz leading worship. And that day, God touched me. The revival came into my life the first time in Portland, Oregon. And after that day, I was a changed man. I was a changed man. And now, we are on the journey. We are on the journey to go to set the captive free together. We are that army that God is going to set the captive free. And we are going to go into the promised land together. We are going to go to the promised land together. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you exciting? Amen. I thank God that God gives us opportunity to pioneer churches and learn things. You know, as we pioneer, we make mistakes. Sometimes we miss God, but we learn. We learn about Phoenix, how to pioneer the church. We now, God bring us, brought us the new group of people from Las Vegas, and we're going to learn together. And God, talk, God told me that this is a school I want to teach you so that more things can happen. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you something. This is something we are learning together, how to build a church, how to build the kingdom of God. Amen. And then God brought us back to Thailand. I did not know anything about building church in Thailand, but God told me the first message you preach over there is about the file of God. And I obeyed God, and I did the right thing. And that after that, the church was led by the Holy Spirit, was not led by man like me, was led by the Holy Spirit, and the church keep growing and growing. My dear brother and sister, our church has a vision. We want to bring souls into the kingdom of God. We want to build the biblical churches. We want to see the great commission fulfilled in this generation. And we cannot work by ourselves. We work together with brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. We work together. We depend on each other. We work together. Amen. And I believe this is just the beginning. I believe that. It's a beginning. Moses, 40 years. I'm 20 years. <laughs> I'm not too old to do the job. I'm not too old. Amen. We still have more years to go to fulfill the vision. Amen. And you know, we are preparing. We are preparing the next generation to do greater work than us. Amen. I believe that our kids are going to do greater work than us. 
I believe that people like Steve, people like Mary Ann, people like Nina, gonna do greater work than us. The next generation. Amen. Amen. Do you know that this church is a first generation church Christian? First generation Christian church. I did not grow up in a church. You, many of you did not grow up in a church. What I think we have done the best. We have done the best. That we did not have any background of Christianity. Amen. And I believe next generation is going to be greater than us. I believe that Eric or um, uh, Sarah, Sarah Sito, is going to be greater than all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Michael, your son is going to be greater than me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to really encourage all of you, really encourage all of you, join the vision with your pastor. And just flow with us. You know, we are, like what Pastor Becky said, we are called to do what are we called to do. I'm not other pastor. We don't have the, the vision like other pastor. We have our own vision. And we're going to go with the vision that God gave us to do. And we're going to run with, with that vision. Amen. Right now, we want to build a church that fully with the word, with the Holy Ghost, without compromising. Amen. I know it's very difficult uh, in the sense of the world in Seattle, like in Austin. But I believe you will not stay small. I believe the day is coming that people are going to flock into our church. They're going to come. Actually, inter- interesting. We have another a group in Seattle that they, they have a church there, but I noticed that their member always come to our meeting when they get sick. It's an interesting. A member of another church. Um, I don't want to mention the name of the church. They go to that church, they don't want to come, but every time they get sick, they get problems, they come to our meeting. And Pastor Lau, could you pray for me? It's an interesting, but I believe that many people in this city need this kind of church. Amen. They're going to come to our church. We're going to grow. Therefore, it's the timing of God. We just keep loving God, being united, speak the same thing, praising God, and don't be discouraged. Just trust God and believe and speak positive and just believe God together. We're going to grow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. All this year, I have a really big burden for Japan. And I pray for Japan all these years. I love Japanese people. I love sushi. And miso, miso soup. I love to eat sushi. So I love to go to Japan because I love sushi. No, I'm kidding. But I like sushi. I really, I like sushi. But I, I pray for Japan. I want to go to Japan. I start to even study Japan. I have books that learn how to speak Japanese. But God said, no. God sent me back to Thailand. Like what Pastor Joe Cruz said last night. God wants to use me to go set the people free that I, was, I came from. But my dear brother and sister, this is not about Thailand. Yes, this season, God is going to use me to go to Thailand. Use us, not me. We all together go to Thailand. But I believe one day we're going to go to Philippines. One day we're going to go to Taiwan. One day we're going to go to Burma. One day we're going to go to other states, other countries that never heard the gospel before. Amen. You need to think this way instead of thinking that I am pro-Thailand. I'm pro-Thailand. No, I'm not pro-Thailand. But because at this point, it's the best thing because I speak Thai. And also, Thailand is only 0.5% Christians. So, 
Actually, I spoke to the Lord one day. One night, I was praying, God, I say like this: God, if you use New Hope International Church to take, change Thailand to be a Christian country, I think I can go sleep in my, you know, go into the coffin, die there, die, and I will smile, and that's actually enough for me. Actually, I think this way: if Thailand just turned to be Christian country, it's enough for my life on earth here. Amen. But I believe God is not going to stop at Thailand. I think He has bigger big vision than that. That's why we have connection with in Myanmar, in Yangon, because I think God wants to use us. Uh, we're going to go to. I, I like to go to Myanmar, I mean Burma. God bring connection. I think God going to go in that country with us. Amen. I want to speak to a lot of people. I give you example. We have so many people from Taiwan. You know, you speak English. Uh, no, English. You speak Taiwanese or speak Mandarin better than me. You are in this church for a reason. Get trained. Get on fire. And one day you go back to Taiwan and preach the gospel under anointing. I will go help you. But the best person to preach is you, not me. In Taiwanese, in Mandarin. Amen. I don't. I love Taiwan. I want to see Taiwan see the revival. But you need to come up, rise up to, and get in the in the file of God and preach the gospel. Maybe you should train um, Alan and and Stephanie. Last night they walk out to be prayed for to work for God. Maybe they are the one who go sent back to Taiwan one day. It's the timing of God, and they go there and fire, and then people fall into the power, and Taiwanese will not. Worship Buddha anymore? They worship Jesus. Amen. We may look small, but we're going to impact the world. But we will not stay small forever. We're going to grow. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I really beg you to really join with my heart. Amen. Settle in your heart. I believe you call to be in this church to support me and Pastor Dar. I believe that you are not here by accident. Just settle your heart. Don't look at other church. Don't look at that other people. I mean, you can look and learn, but don't do not look at them and like a, you know have a like adultery feeling like oh I love that church too. I love this church. No, just love one. Have one mind. I love only my wife. I don't love other girl. The same thing. The church. I love my church. Pastor Joe Cruz say, uh, Pastor Becky Cruz say that as a pastor, you marry to the church, but they don't marry with you. They can leave any time, but the army of God looking for people who marry to the church and say, "I'm gonna die. I'm gonna serve God here. This is what I'm called to do. This is my family." Even though they may not perf- be perfect, even the pastor may make mistake, may rock, may rock, uh, make some wrong decision, but the heart is right, the vision is right. We believe in the word. We we want to follow the word of God. The 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 concept is correct. That everything is is right in the Bible, and just join heart together. And if we argue in unity, I believe God gonna move mightily in our midst. We're gonna start to see people come into the church, souls come in. We just have to make a decision to be united. And to work together in unity, and start to speak speak positive about one another, speak positive about our church, and God work with positive people. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 
I think we are entering into the breakthrough to the next level. I believe the message this in this camp is preparing ourselves for the something bigger. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. One word. I just feel like I need to tag team with my pastor friend. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 6. You need to underline these passages. 7, 8, and 9. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth unto the flesh shall also reap of the flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The hardest thing in the world is for us to stand day in and day out. Watch people come and go. Because you love people. And you want them to succeed. And you want to have them carry and go with you to the end of the journey. But what I've learned is this. If you go back to Genesis over to chapter... uh, over chapter 8 and verse 22, the one thing that I have learned, Pastor, is this, is that there are seasons that every one of us go through. Every one of us are going through a season, and this is a season for this church of multiplication. You get ready because there has been so much seed planted in, in the ground around the world, and there is coming a harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. I cannot make a corn kernel that I've put in the ground come up any sooner than God allows it to come up. The process of dying has to take place. The outer covering of that kernel of corn is to protect it while it's in the barn. But once it goes in the ground, it takes a while for that outer, for the earth, for the earth to do its part in taking away the outer covering so that as that seed has died, then the nutrition and everything that has to go into that seed for it to come up and to bear fruit. And God said these last seven years, I'm just preparing that the ground is there. He's the Lord of the harvest, but he's been preparing the seeds. He's been preparing those that are going to carry the vision. And as each one of those begins to multiply, all it takes is one young man to go back to Burma. All it takes is for one pastor to go back to Thailand. And you watch the multiplication and the effect of God's word being multiplied around the earth. Last night, I, I sat there with pastor. I said, what's the word after multiplication? Exponential. That's what's fixing to happen in this particular organization, this church movement, in the people of this church. That's what's happening to us back in Austin, Texas. Why would a man call me just out of the blue and say, hey, listen, are you still interested in this land? You know why? Because God's been working on the soil without me even knowing about it. It wasn't the right season. All I know is this, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. What the Lord is saying is, is there are seasons. And I cannot make winter go away any sooner. I can't make spring come any sooner. When God says it's time, it's time. I want to tell you something what's so cool. You know what? We got to go to Norway here just a few weeks ago. Did you know right now the day is 22 hours long? 
The sun never sets. They have some of the sweetest strawberries I've ever eaten in my life. You know why they have to have the extra hours of sunlight? Because the growing season is real short. Don't underestimate our God. I'm telling you right now, he knows exactly what he's doing. And right now, he has been preparing many of you. We've all been in the incubator. We've all been in the ground and the outer layer of who we are has been, God's been stripping it away so that we could die. Because what he wants to do through us is going to be something very precious. And you know what? There's another passage in the Bible that talks about if you put a seed in a rocky ground, oh, it'll sprout pretty quick, but the sun and the heat, and it doesn't last. All I know is this, God's doing something very special. I want to be a part of it. And I don't want something to come up before it's supposed to. I need God to do whatever he's wanting to do with me so that whenever he does begin to multiply who I am, then what fruit does come up, it will remain. Hallelujah. I'm standing with this man because I believe in who he is. You don't know who you have with you. I'm telling you right now, some of you do not understand. He's a very quiet man. But I want to tell you something. He is a, God sees him as a mighty man in the Holy Ghost. God sees him as a mighty man in the Holy Ghost. He stood his ground. And he said, I'm not compromising the move of God in my life, nor the people of God. We're, we're going with God. And you know what? You watch what happens. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God is not mocked. What we sow, we will reap. Be careful what you sow. That, that, that's a word from heaven. Be careful what you sow. Because if you sow discord in the body of Christ, guess what's coming back to your house? You'll eat of the same fruit of what you sowed. I know that for a fact. I, I want to I sow good things. I want to bless people. When I come to serve this man, I'm standing alongside. What I speak, I pray is what he's speaking. I hope what we have to say just mirrors one another down the same path. Because you are headed down a glorious journey. Are there a few adjustments that have to be made? Absolutely. Every one of us have to make adjustments. We're all going to miss it. We prophesy in part, we know in part. But I want to tell you something. I ain't going to quit prophesying. And I'm going to ask God, show me the seasons. Lord, show us the seasons. All I know is this. You're coming to a time in this body to where your seed is going to go around the earth. And the multiplication, you're not going to be able to stop it. Oh, God, show us the seasons. Thank you for this man. Thank you. Thank you very much.